0: Who's happy to be in the house of God? Amen. Are you expecting that God will move? Have you prepared your heart to say, God, speak to me today? Amen. You know, I got to say, uh, I have a confession. I'm sorry. Uh, Some people got offended last week when I was speaking. So I want to apologize uh, because... I was talking about cricket and uh, how India was thrashing New Zealand. And the Bible is very clear. Pride comes before fall and Indians lost. And not just lost, they were annihilated. They were destroyed. It said destroyed. destroyed. Say it with conviction, destroyed. destroyed. They were destroyed. They were put to shame. And I watched the result and I thought, didn't we do well? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Didn't we do well? Uh, anyway, amen, amen, amen. Hey, welcome, Flourish. We're doing, we're starting a eight-week series uh, on Flourish. And I'm excited about that uh, because I really believe since... September, mid-September last year, that's what I do. I seek God and I say, you better tell me what you want us to do. I don't want to do what I think I should do, but tell me what to do. And I believe we are called to flourish. Amen. We are called to flourish. And just to bring this together to happen, there's so many people that have been involved. There's, there's Pam, uh, and Kara and this decoration, you know, and then Bryce with the, with the, with the media and the video and uh, and we've got Jan who's helped with the preparation of the notes and Francie coming along and uh, myself and there are so many people who come together to play a part for the word to come to life. So that we are authentic, we develop an authentic faith in Jesus, but our revela- revelation, our expression is relevant. That's our mission statement. Amen. So I'm excited. So we're doing this series and it's an eight week series and it's an acrostic of the word flourish. So if you go to the next slide, please. And so with this is what we're going to do. So flourish, F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H-E-I-N-G-T-W-D-Z. Now flourish, faith, love, overcomer, understand grace, relationship with God, which is reading his word. Intimacy with Christ, sing for joy, Holy Spirit's leading. So that's eight weeks and I'm excited about it. It's a topical series. And, uh, so get excited, get prepared because God wants you to flourish. Amen. So this morning my assignment really is to sort of give you a little bit more understanding about flourish, what how God sees us, why we should flourish. And then I want to get into my message really on faith, which is faith stands its ground. Amen. Faith stands its ground. I'm going to talk about that. So, so let, let's go to this next sl- slide, please. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And I love this. It says, God blessed them. This is talking about Adam and Eve. God blessed them and God said to them, what did he say? Be miserable and die in your misery. Is that what he said? Be grumpy long face and mope around your own little problems. What did he say? Be fruitful and what? Multiply. Flourish means be fruitful and multiply. Be, say this with me, be fruitful and be fruitful. Come on, say it as you mean it. There's no trick here. Be fruitful and multiply. Turn to your neighbor and say, be fruitful and multiply. Because God wants us to be fruitful. This is not me trying to come up with concept. This is not me trying to chase a new idea. Shh. No, kidding. That's good. This is not me trying to chase a new idea. This is God's promise. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to multiply. He wants us to fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Hallelujah. Not be slaves, but have dominion over the fish of the sea and a nice salmon on the table. I took dominion over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on earth. That's God's plan. And when he created Adam and Eve, this was his plan, that they flourish. Kara, come up here, please. I love the whole idea about Garden of Eden. Now, this garden, it took me literally 20 minutes to plant and see it grow. Someone this morning came and delivered it. This is modern technology. Now, it's real, by the way. So, I want you to imagine about this whole garden. Come here, you're playing Eve with me. Okay. All right, God's original intention was there was no sin. There was no pain. His original intention, hold my hand, you're my wife, it's okay. You know, we do hold hands. God's original plan, come behind the bush. The Bible says, Adam, you know. You, you know the story. You know, God designed that they walk... In this garden. Enjoy the music. He never designed pain. He never designed sorrow. He never designed sickness. He never designed hurt. What he designed is that Adam and Eve flourish. That they walk in union with each other. They walk in deep relationship with each other. But more importantly, that they both Walk with him in freedom, in blessing, in prosperity and in every good thing that he has blessed them with. That's what God's design is, that we are to flourish. That's what God's design is, that we be blessed. Amen. Of course, we know sin entered into the world. Come with me. This is all just now, sir. So. And out of this union, out of any relationship, you are and you will flourish in Christ. In our marriage, I didn't marry Kara to have children. I married because I loved her. And out of that union, we have three little Pray for them. But you know what I mean? God wants us to multiply and be fruitful. Amen. I love the picture of the garden. Wow. So Father, I pray this morning that we understand the truth that you want us to flourish. You want us to flourish individually in our heart, mind, soul, spirit, body. You want us to flourish in our marriage. You want us to flourish in our business. You want us to flourish as an employer, employee, sportsman, sportswoman, every aspect of our life. I pray we capture this, that we be people that will flourish and be fruitful and multiply for the glory of our God. Amen. Amen. Give my lovely wife a hand, please. Thank you. Thanks, Bryce. Bryce walked into my office. I was listening to that. He thought, gee, what are you listening to? God wants us to flourish. I love it. In 3rd John, I shared this last week. 3rd John. John 1, 2. 3rd John 1, 2. There's only one chapter. Beloved, I pray that you may what? Prosper in few things. What does it say? I'm, I can't read properly. Thank you. In all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Church is afraid to talk about prosperity because some lunatic use this as prosperity message. So we don't want to talk about prosperity. God's intention is you and I prosper in all things. In everything, everything you do, prosper. All things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's his design. That's his desire. Rupert, God wants you to prosper. And I want to say in India, prosperity is the bigger the belly, the prosperous you are. I'm serious. True, Joseph. If you're skinny, they're concerned that you're not eating well. The bigger you are, the prosperous you are. I'm sure it was, it's the same in PNG. With the Moo Moo, One Talk. You know? So, prosper. I don't know why I go to food because, deliver me, Lord. You know? But, prosper. That's what God wants. Amen. Alright. Now, how am I to prosper? What am I supposed to do? Because you see, to prosper, God wants us to prosper, but to prosper today, you and I need to meditate on His Word. I talked about that last night, last week, sorry. Meditate on His Word. We need to meditate on His Word. Our faith is developed or grown by not by what we feel or see, but it's grown by us meditating on His Word. When we plant ourselves in the house of the Lord. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, It says, in Jesus' name, Ah, it worked! For we walk by feelings, and we walk by emotions, we walk by how we feel, and not by faith. Now I'm bringing a lot of heresy this morning, didn't I? Haven't I? What does it say? Come on, somebody. Can we read it out together at the count of three? One, two, three. For we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Our faith is what causes us to propel. Our faith is what causes us to do things that we don't want to do. We don't walk. Our faith does not grow by what we see. It grows by meditating on the powerful, more precious, more anointed, the most dynamic word of God. Come on, somebody say amen. I think I'm preaching better than you responding at the moment. Okay, so God wants us to prosper. And I, I want to talk about my own life. He wants us to grow in our faith because when we grow in our faith, then we are flourishing in Jesus Christ. Amen. And how do we grow in our faith? Because the Bible talks about different faiths. There's small faith. There's, you know, there's great faith. That's why he rebuked the, what do you call them? The disciples. He said, you eat of little faith. Sounded a bit Chinese there. But you eat of little faith. He wants us to not have little faith, but great faith. I want to ask a question today. Do you have little faith? Do you have average faith? Do you have great faith? Or even better, do you have radical faith? Where is your faith? Little faith, average faith. Yeah, I can believe God. Oh, yeah. Or great faith or radical faith? I'm going to open this up a little slowly. But we are called not to walk by faith. Sorry, not to walk by sight, but walk by faith. I was testing whether you're listening, Jonathan. Can I just say I was admiring. Come close to me. Come close to me. This was looking like the plants up there. And I thought, man, that's old fashioned, bro. You know? Anyway, 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 Lord, I pray, open their ears now. So my faith, I want to share a little bit about my faith. You see, my faith, when I gave my heart to the Lord, I had to develop my faith. And I remember giving my heart to God was great because I did it out of a need, out of a desperation, out of out of uh, hopelessness and a sense of deep loss. I cried out to him and the beautiful thing is Jesus Christ entered my life. Amen. And then I realized it died for me. I can't sit on my chair and be happy about that and carry on as if nothing ever happened. But in my heart, I knew that the one that died for me, can't I just give my life and dedicate my life for his glory, for his purposes. So when I was 14, I purposed in my heart to de- to dedicate my life for Jesus Christ, for his service. And then I remember as a teenager, I was growing up and we drive motorbikes in India. And I wanted to test my faith from A to B. Now I'm a teenager. I don't have a lot of money. Now I can go ask mom and dad for a few rupees. They will give me a few rupees for petrol. That's done. But I tested my faith because the tank was pretty empty. I said, Lord, you take me to from A to B. Because technically I can't go because there's no petrol in the. Boy. But you take me, Lord, and I trust you. And guess what? I go over there where I shouldn't go because the petrol should run out. But I reach there. Somehow I do. I don't know how. I do. And I could ask people for money. I said, hey, can you give me some money for petrol? And when you're a teenager, you have every right to ask for money. Hey, Joseph. You know what Joseph did when he went to Taiwan? <laughs> Shall I tell him the story? Go on. Go on. He went to Taiwan for a month in December. He, he arrived there. He took $500. He arrived there and he spent whole $500 in one day. And then the next day he calls his dad and mom, I want more money. By faith. Don't use faith. That's naughty. Uh, But where am I? Yes, scooter, motorbikes. So I grew my faith. And and the thing is, when I got there, I know I can't go home because it's empty. But someone comes and goes, "Ah, I just failed to give you some money today. My faith grew. Oh, I said, great. And then the Lord says, Preach the gospel. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll preach the gospel to my friend. So I preached the gospel to him. And, you know, if one man is saved, his whole household is saved or will be saved. Amen. amen. Nathan. Amen. Thank you. So very expressive. Nathan is very expressive. So, you know, and uh, and so when I when my friend got saved, my best friend got saved, I began to pray for his family. And I'm 16, 15, 16. And his family gets saved. Hallelujah, my faith increased. And then I prayed. I got a bit greedy in my faith. I said, Lord, I want his cousins to be saved. And the cousins got saved. I kid you not. And then I said, oh Lord, wouldn't it be cool to actually bring all these people together, train them, equip them so they can go out and pray, preach the gospel, save, reach out to people and unbeknown to me 17 there was about 250 300 people at a regular gathering and i'm not even a pastor my faith grew and my pastor thought "Ooh, i better put someone here who looks like a pastor so he put someone there a bit more mature uh i'm still not mature i've lost my wisdom so my faith grew that the gospel works Amen. And I love it. Then I had my leg issue that you know the story, DVT. And so I said, God, heal me. God, heal me. I started to exercise my faith. I had to grow in my faith. And after three and a half years, God heals me. But then on the way back from India, and I find out I have DVT. I'm not allowed to fly because DVT, you're not allowed to fly because doctors say, brother, if you fly, no brother, but mister or whatever, you fly, you, you know, the clot can go into your lung and you can stop breathing and then you can die. That's great. My sister said the same thing because she's a doctor. She said the same thing. But something in my spirit said, take a risk. The problem is, you see, when you don't activate your faith, immediately you activate fear. When you don't have faith, you activate and operate out of fear. Now, of course I had fear, but my faith overcame my fear. And I came to New Zealand with a DVT, and then God heals me here, praise God, and I had more faith, my faith increased. And then I've got testimony after testimony. I can tell you, we moved to a Christchurch earthquakes. I tell you, I come from a city of 10 million people. It's quite a safe city in terms of natural disasters. We don't have too too gusty winds. We don't have big rains. We don't have snow. We don't have all the natural disasters. We don't have that. We're quite safe in that way. But yes, we have accidents. We have, you know... Burglary, we got all those kind of things going on. My greatest fear was that I was quite scared if a natural disaster occurs. And guess what? Earthquake in Christchurch. Some of you already know that I was shaking and I was, I'll talk about it in a week. Not next week, but the week after that about how do we overcome. And so faith, I needed faith to overcome my fear. And then I thought, oh man, God is good. God's word is great. You see what's happening? I'm taking on a journey. Faith has to increase. Faith has to increase. And so from there on, we move. And then somebody comes and says, hey, look, we want to buy you a house. Not one, but two houses. Brand new house built to your specifications. And we will give you keys so you will be blessed. And I thought, that's wonderful. You know the story about that too. That's wonderful. 1.2 million dollars. Oh, I'm settled. I serve Jesus. I got a daughter. I've got two, one son, two sons and one wife. I can't remember if it was before Leo or after. Before Leo. Yeah. So we've got, so yeah, one wife, two, one son. I'm trying to get it right. I can't say two wives. Don't laugh at that. Okay, and then, and you know what my, fa- the problem was, it all sounded amazing. The the, the the people were ready to bless us with the house. Builders came along, kitchen designers came along. It was all fantastic, praise God. God answers prayers. And I want to say, I got to say too, when I came to New Zealand, when I moved here, I came with $40 in my pocket. That's it. Now I can ask my mom and dad for money. They would have given me. But if God's calling me, why should I stretch my hand out to people? The Bible also says you have not because you ask not. Don't get me wrong. But if you don't get it, don't worry. God will look after you. My faith is in God, not in people. Amen. So is this helping someone? So what I'm trying to say is then... The thing is, I could have bluffed it and I would have taken the house, lived there for one year and then packed my bag, sell the houses, move up somewhere else. God was stirring us to move and God called us to come here from Christchurch. church. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, your time has come for you to move from Christchurch." church. I said, God, get behind me. But then I feel he's behind me, he's before me, he's in me, he's everywhere. Anyway. Anyway. So, this is what I had to do. I heard, I heard in my spirit, God said, time for you to move. Now, if I disobey God, I'm walking in disobedience. Come on, somebody. From an investment point of view, I'm an accountant by background. From an investment point of view, from math point of view, from accounts point of view, everything I do is upside down. Oh, it's not tallying on paper. I told my wife, she said, yep, God says, let's go, let's go. And God brought us here. And I want to say, when we came here, we didn't come here because, oh, Auckland is better than Christchurch. No, we didn't come here for better, what do you call it, lifestyle. We didn't come here because Eden Park is better than uh, Hagley Park um, cricket. And yeah, we didn't come. No, we, got, we came here because God called us here and we still believe god called us here and without shadow of doubt we know god called us here in the process we lost house in christ as yes we did and you you know in a mind mindset you think god should uh, roll a red carpet rose petals and peter is coming the great man of faith no Three and a half months we couldn't find a house to live. Why I'm saying all these stories? My faith is growing from the age 14 till today, age 38. Wow, Pastor Peter, I thought you're 25. No. So my faith has been growing. I want to ask you: is your faith growing or stagnated? A lot of us have this. You know, I brought a dagger here. I've got a story for this too, but I've got a dagger here. Now, this dagger has power. I'll leave this dagger here. I have faith that the dagger is lethal. I know that the dagger is dangerous. I know that dagger looks scary. I know that the dagger is the same thing. I know the word of God works. I know the word of God is powerful. I know that the word of God really, really, really works. Faith is not just about knowing. Faith is about action. When I pick up the sword and I pull it out, it becomes lethal. Knowing about faith is not enough. It's living in faith is what matters. See, when I pulled it out, you're like, whoa, that looks a bit scary. You know, but if when I put it there, it's the same thing. You know, the Bible putting the Bible on a shelf doesn't do a thing. But when you open the sword, the word of God, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, that it is what? It is. Now that's Hebrews. There's another one, sword of the spirit. That's the one, thank you. The sword of the spirit. And you bring the sword and the word of God and you say addictions in Jesus' name, be gone. Sickness in Jesus' name, be gone. I use the scripture, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So devil, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. I rid you in the name of, see what I'm doing? Faith comes life when you act on it. Not knowing about it. All you intellectual people, amen, amen. Thank you. Amen. This is not sharp. By the way, I got to tell I got told off for buying this for an eight-year- old son. Yeah, I did. I thought it was cool. <laughs> and to add to the story i've got, I bought another one for my five-year- old. I got a good. She's got the look. Na, 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 na. She's got the look. Kara gave me the look, man. I tell you, the look ain't was good. So these daggers now live up somewhere that no one can find it. As you can see, I don't use it often, but praise God. doesn't make sense. I want to say there are a lot of us who know about faith because it sits on the shelf, in the shelf of your mind But when you use this faith, when you use the word of God and put it in action, it becomes real. Don't give me your knowledge on faith. Show me how your faith is. Can I say that? Wow, time's going. Anyway, moving on. That's why I love it. Psalm, Psalm one says, but he, his delight is in the law of the Lord and his, in his law he meditates day and night. You should meditate on the day and on the, On the word of God, day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river's water. That brings forth its fruits in its season. Whose leaf shall not wither. And whatever you do, you shall prosper. Not when you're 14, but 38 is your faith prospering. At 38 is your faith growing. At 58 is your faith alive. Just as it was when you were 28. Come on somebody. What comes out of your mouth? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Is your faith alive? So that's just on faith and flourish, but faith stands its ground. And I want to read a scripture because it says, Now faith, in Hebrews 1, 11, 1, Faith is a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. And not evidence of things seen. Because if I see, I don't need faith. If I continue to say, are you really Shohan? Are you really Shohan? For the first two times you say, yes I am. And if I ask the 30th time, you think I've gone mad. So I don't need faith because I know you're here. But faith is a substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Now, lovely Jan gave me this book and I photocopied a. Uh, a, a page from that book. I want to read this. This is by David Peters. Look at this. Hope is like the law of aerodynamics, offering us the possibility of rising above life's pain, crisis and difficulties. Faith is the aircraft that takes us there. Only Jan said amen. Anyone else in the room? Thank you. Hope is the promised land and faith is the title deed to that land. Hope sees a possibility, a dream, a vision. Faith sees fulfillment. Hope is future. Faith is present. It is as if you already have the thing you hope for. Hope is the seed of promise. Faith gives Wings to the promise. Now, I was confused. I said, what is that, Kara? I said, I don't understand that. And apparently seeds have wings. I just learned that last night, less than 12 hours ago. First time ever in my life. I didn't know. Apparently seeds have wings and they fly. Or when the wind takes. That's how they pollinate or populate. Yeah, Jonathan, I had the same look. Exactly. (laughs) I have to pick on you. So, hope is like a Christmas gift under a tree. Faith takes the gift and opens it. I love it. Hope is like hope. We hope in God, but it's faith that reaches us. It's faith that propels us. It's faith that makes us go closer to God. I hope, you know, we have the blessed hope. We have so many hopes, but you see, faith gets you closer because you have hope. Faith makes you take another step. So I want to read a story to you this morning. It's in Matthew fifteen, twenty-one to 28. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. It's about a Canaanite woman. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan uh, came from the region and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed, but he answered her not a word. His disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Quite a radical story. Every time I read it, it kind of, whoa, what a story. Because it puts Jesus in a different light that we don't often think of him like that. And I want to bring three points to you as I conclude this morning. Because here, as you see, you see Canaanite women. Now Sidon and Tyre were in a region that uh they were known as gentiles. A Canaanite people were Gentiles. They didn't know about God. Their practice was worldly. They offered their children as sacrifice, living sacrifice not living, but sacrifice unto God. Everything they did was an abomination in the sight of God. Uh, and and so this woman comes She's a Gentile and Jesus and the disciples, the Jews. So here they are sitting and Jesus has performed miracles. He just comes and rests at a table. Perhaps they were eating food and he just sat down, dropped his shoulders slow and he said, oh, let me just eat some food. Let me just relax. And then this lady comes and starts saying, Jesus, did she call him Jesus? Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. And he says no word. In those days it was not common for women to interrupt men. In those days it was not common for especially Gentile women. The untouchables. The outcasts. They don't have a right to enter into God's throne. But here is a woman. All the men were sitting and having a good chat. And a woman walks in. And she says, I have a problem. My daughter is possessed. She's vexed. She's possessed. Extremely possessed. Come, heal her. And he says not a single word. Have you ever prayed and heard nothing from God? Thank you, those two honest people. Have you ever prayed and you heard nothing from God? And the one thing we do quickly is give up in praying. My first point is faith in Christ gives the courage to break barriers. Faith in Christ gives the courage to break barriers. My faith is not in society. My faith is not in, 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 in economics. My faith is not in what I see. My faith is in the living word and his name is Jesus Christ. He never backs down on his word. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. So when I operate in my faith, it gives me courage. And when I step out in courage, it helps me to break barriers in my surrounding, in my mindset. I love this lady. She, you know, Lord, Lord, please, I want you to help me. He says nothing. I don't want to... There's so many scriptures running in my head where God doesn't answer prayers. Not because He wants to be mean. He wants us to persist. Ephesians 6.18 says, Keep praying one time. If you don't get an answer, stop praying. No. Keep praying. Keep on praying with all prayers, supplications and with thanksgiving. Galatians 6.9 Keep on doing good. Do not get what? tired. Come on, don't get tired in doing good because in due season, I don't care how many times you worked out. Ah, that's not the point. The Lord hasn't come through yet. So I am not done. I am alive. He's alive. Either I should be dead or he's a liar. He's not dead. I'm alive. So I'm going to pursue. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to not strive, but I'm going to push through and I'm going to make sure that I do what the Bible says. And I know, I know, I know John Sorry, Psalm 30 verse 5. Weeping may endure till the night, but I know joy does definitely will come through in my life, in my finances, in my dreams. Amen. Amen. Faith in Christ gives you the courage to break barriers. I love it. But he answered her not in verse 23. Not a word. Not a word. And sometimes it's interesting, you know. When you're crying out to God, there are other people who will make noise. She cried out to Jesus, not to the disciples. Look at their boldness here. Hey, God. God. Sort her out, send her, shoo her away. She's being a nuisance. Send her away, she's pestering us. There are people who always... I know why the disciples said that too. But I want to say this to you, that there are people in your life that will say to you, shush, we talked about blind Bartimaeus too, about that. But you didn't go to people, you went to God. That's what you got to hold on to. I'm not going to people. But the beautiful thing is God uses people. Amen. Amen. So it's not people, it's God. Our trust is not in people, it's in God. So go to God. And these people, disciples, you know, if you read the commentaries and all those say that they're saying, just give her what she wants and send her on away. And then Peter actually talks in Acts chapter 11, because Jesus was trying to teach them, not the woman, but the disciples, that the gospel is not just for the Israelites, but it is for the Gentiles also. And Peter's eyes open up and he writes, he records that in Acts, I think 11, he writes that. But I love it when he says that. I've been mean, thinking about it. If I go to you, Mike Cowan, and I say, Mike, I need $50, and you completely look over that side. Thank you. Ignore me. And then I come Mike, I need $50. And your lovely wife, being who she is, she goes, kick him away. (laughs) Say that, come on, with a bit of... "Mm." Yeah, there you go. You know? See, she's got a bit of oomph in her. You know? She's very gentle. But you see what... I hope you're getting the point this morning. I hope you're getting the point. Don't let disappointments hold you back. Faith is not built on my experiences alone. Yes, experiences encourage us, but faith is built in Christ. Thank you. With me? Good. My second point, I can keep going, but second point, true worship brings breakthrough. I love this point. Two worship team said, Thank you, sister. True worship. Because you see, when they said, Send her away for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of her house of Israel. Then, because she's being rejected again, then what does she do? She storms out of the room. She goes, How dare, how insulting. No, you know what she does? It says, Then she came and worshiped him. I'm a Gentile. I don't know how the Jewish people worship. I don't even know how to worship you. But if this is what is worship, I am on my knees. I bow before you, Jesus, because I am a desperate woman. I need my miracle. I ain't going to go from here. I'm not going to quit today. I'm going to worship you because you are awesome. I know you are the son of David because that's a messianic covenant. I know who you are. You are a miracle worker. You are the savior of the world. Do you know the Israelites didn't realize but the Gentiles knew the power of God? And they were teaching how to worship. Today, when I say, or when Lisa or somebody says, come on, lift your hands. We being the children of God, we need to know how to worship the living God. You know, we, she wouldn't know what to do. Lord, would lifting my hands help you? Would, would, would being on my knees help you? Would, would me singing out loud help you? Lord, I don't know. But the truth is this, people, her miracle wasn't even answered. Even before she received a blessing, she began to worship him. It's easy to worship God when everything's going good. It's easy to worship God when your life is going good. But she's teaching us. Her faith is teaching. Look, Worship? I will worship you. Do I have to clap? Do I have to sing? Do I have to dance? I don't know what to do. It was great to see the worship team on fire. But what do I do to get your attention? What do I do? Do I begin to praise your name? Because you see, the Bible is clear. When you praise him, when you worship him, he rejoices over your singing. He rejoices. He loves us praising our God. Not just words and all that, but our lifestyle. That's why I encourage you, come on, when people come in, when people that don't know Jesus come in, let them know that we're not putting on a show, but we are really expressing our worship to one true living God who saved me from eternal damnation and set my feet on a solid rock. Is this okay? Okay. Can I read this to you? Psalm 150. Because we, today we say music is too loud, music is this. I just praise the Lord. Praise the, praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him in, for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of trumpet. How many of you put your ear by a trumpet? Praise him with a lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and, and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now the Gentile woman didn't know how the Jewish people worshiped, but her worship got God's attention. Your faith, praise, moves God. Last point, faith stands its ground. Can I get you up, team, please? Faith stands its ground. I love this. Because he insults her. This is a deal breaker. Because he's not talking to her nicely here. This is a deal breaker. She should have quit Jesus' church on that day. Because we all will throw up a fuss. Look what he said in verse 26. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. He's calling her a dog. He's calling her a dog. Not like, what's up, dog? No. He's calling her, you filthy dog. I don't have a covenant with you. I don't have to give you anything. We didn't create an appointment at 11 p.m. to meet. We did not organize our calendars. I have no right to bless you. It's like he's calling your dog. That alone should make you leave the church this morning. Oh, she, her faith. I love it what she says. And she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. God, keep your bread to your children. Keep your bread to your children. But my faith is, let me eat the crumbs. Your children might enjoy the food or not, but I just want the crumbs. I don't want a 30 minute sermon, but one word from you. I just want one touch from you. And when I touch you, I am healed. One word from you brings breakthrough. One drop of blood has sanctified this sinner. One word. I don't want a steak. I just want the juice on that plate. Keep playing. We need it. Faith stands its ground. Don't give up in praying for a miracle. I've got a little book. I pray. I'm persisting God. I want to see answers. If I don't get an answer, I'm not going to be disappointed. But the Bible teaches me to keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. My faith is not shaken. Don't give up on your loved ones. For this year, I felt the Lord speaking to me to say, as a church family, we are to do a prayer of declaration as a church family. You know, we're going to take communion this morning. As the team distributes the communion. We've got a prayer of declaration. It's by Derek Prince and talks about how we have come out of the curse and to the light. And declaring God's promises over us as a family. And I felt sometimes we need to declare, we need to proclaim what's been declared. So I want us this morning to actually stand together soon to declare and proclaim this prayer together as a family of God. And I believe we've got to do this every week. So I want to encourage you to do that. I've got Jan. If you don't mind, Jan, can you come up, please? Jan's going to lead us in this prayer. The team will distribute the emblems. As they do that, could you please hold it? In your hand. Don't take it. I will let you know when to take that. But Jan's going to read out this prayer first. And then then we're going to stand together and pray this together. Please read it out. Thank Thank you.
1: Father, I thank you that according to your word, I have been justified by faith and clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Standing upon your word, I now declare, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against me in judgment you do condemn. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord, and my righteousness is from you, O Lord of hosts. If there are those who have been speaking or praying against me, or seeking harm or evil to me, or who have rejected me, I forgive them. Having forgiven them, I confess any sin on my part towards them, and I bless them in the name of the Lord. Now I declare, O Lord, that you... And you alone are my God, and besides you there is no other, a just God and a Saviour, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I worship you. I submit myself to you today in unreserved obedience. Having submitted to you, Lord, I do as your word directs. I resist the devil. All his pressures, his attacks, his deceptions, every instrument or agent he would seek to use against me, I do not submit. I resist him, drive him from me, and exclude him from me in the name of Jesus. Specifically, I reject and repel infirmity, infection, inflammation, malignancies, allergies, pain, viruses, and every form of witchcraft. Finally, Lord, I thank you that through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, I have passed out from under the curse and entered into the blessing of Abraham, whom you blessed in all things, health, exaltation, productiveness, prosperity, victory, and God's favor. Amen.
0: Amen. That prayer is written by Derek Prince. And I remember I used to pray this in, as a teen, and it sort of came to me, and I was looking through this, and I thought, what a great prayer. It's faith-building prayer. So can we stand to our feet... And we're going to pray this together. And after we pray that, we're going to take communion as the worship team leads us into Let Faith Arise. So if you stand to your feet, please.
1: With me now. Father, Father, I I thank thank you you that that according according to your word, I have been justified by faith and clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Standing upon your word. I now declare, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against me in judgment you do condemn. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord, and my righteousness is from you, O Lord of hosts.
0: If there are those
1: who have been speaking or praying against me, or seeking harm or evil to me,
0: or who have rejected
1: me, I forgive them.
0: Having forgiven them,
1: I confess any sin on my part towards them, and I bless them in the name of the Lord. Now I declare, O Lord, that you and you alone are my God, and besides you there is no other. A just God and, and a Saviour, the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. and, and I, I worship you. I submit myself to you today in unreserved obedience. Having submitted to you, Lord, I, I do as your word directs. I, I resist, resist the, the devil, all his, his, pressures, his pressures, his attacks, his, his deceptions, deceptions Every instrument or agent he would seek to use against me, I do not submit. I resist him, drive him from me, and exclude him from me in the name of Jesus. Specifically, I reject and repel infirmity, infection, inflammation, malignancies,
0: allergies,
1: pain, viruses and every form of witchcraft. Finally, Lord, I thank you
0: that through the sacrifice of Jesus on
1: the cross, I have passed out from under the curse and entered into the blessing of Abraham,
0: whom you blessed in all things,
1: health, exaltation, productiveness, prosperity, victory, And God's God's favor. favor. Amen.
0: Father, as we take communion this morning, what we are praying is your word. And so we stand in the finished work of Christ and we say, Thank you for the blood that was shed and the body that was broken for me. Let's partake. In communion.